Hey, this is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you're here. I was born and raised Southern Baptist right here in Alabama. Then one night, Christmas Eve, 2013, I found myself at a midnight mass, and I never looked back. I love being Catholic. I think it's the greatest thing I've ever found in my life, and I'd like for you to know more about it. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions about the Catholic faith, shoot me an email to catholic4rednextpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to getting to know you. Just relax and listen to a few episodes. Thank you for coming. Hello, everyone. This is John with Catholic for Rednecks. I'd like to thank you for dropping by the podcast and the YouTube, whichever one you're on right now. Maybe you're on both at the same time. That's my goal. But, you know, I just wanted to tell you folks that listen that uh, I'm really a really weird and strange guy. I'm, I'm not your average dude. Um, you know, have you ever heard that song, but I'm a freak, I'm a weirdo? I need to use it for background music. I think I will. Um, man. Let me see if I can explain myself. First of all, I'm not a serial killer. Even though I was born in the month of November, which most serial killers were born in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I am fascinated with true crime, though. I would um, blame that on the fact that I was a Birmingham policeman and that um, I've been in law enforcement to one degree or another for a big part of my adult life and I'm like a podcast addict true crime and um, my wife thinks I'm really weird and she says that we shouldn't listen to true crime podcasts at night you know because we fall asleep and then you know four or five six hours of true crime (laughs) <laughs> swimming around in her head gives her nightmares but all uh, you know she likes other stuff that isn't good for me she likes all this female drama you know her tv shows she likes watching certain shows and all uh, you know it's not good for a uh, healthy man to be watching the types of shows she likes to watch because she says she likes the drama Mm-hmm. Well, I am weird, but um, I just have, I'm just not your average person, I don't guess. Um, I really don't have any personal close friends that I hang around with much. I do have a couple of friends out there. They probably won't even listen to this podcast. I probably never have, never will. But there's one or two or three friends out there that on occasion... I used to meet up with and grab a beer or two or three or four. Mm, had to drink some coffee. I just got back from walking. My German Shepherd, Callie, she's about a 100-pound female. She's insane. She's been to all kinds of um, dog handling schools. As a matter of fact, she went 
you know, the dude, I think his name is Caesar. He's got a TV show, a reality TV show. He lives in California. I believe he was a Green Beret or, or, or some kind of special forces soldier, Delta, Recon, I don't know. But um, he's supposed to be able to handle and, you know, cure aggressive dogs and stuff. Well, this dog right here went to live with him for several weeks. And he couldn't do nothing with her. And uh, she's been to the United States Navy, has some kind of dog training, canine military service dog training on Treasure Island in San Francisco. Well, she went there every weekend for I don't know how long. And about the only person that's had any luck with her is me. But I take her out on a really good walk every morning. That's when I pray my rosary. So if you were to spot me walking around, my neighborhood, you would see a uh, just about a 60-year-old man with a 100-pound German Shepherd walking around with this strange rope or beads every morning, and uh, I'm sure that people think I'm weird. Yeah, I would think that was weird, too. But, um, you know, I just, I have some really weird obsessions. Okay, maybe I can explain it like this using my two sons, okay? My oldest son, his name is Lee. And, you know, when he went through high school, he started playing football, and he was on a wrestling team, and he was lifting weights and dating pretty girls. <clears throat> and then he was on a really good football team where many of his teammates got scholarships to, you know, they went on to play major college football, Alabama, and, uh, you know, other schools, Mississippi State, what have you, Auburn, uh, wherever they wound up at. And um, so he got tired of uh, standing on the sidelines as much as he was. So he quit football, and I told him, look, dude, I don't care that you quit football. I, I didn't let him quit till the season was over. Okay, once you start something, you need to finish it. So he said he didn't want to play football anymore. I said, okay, you can go be in the band because you can play drums. I said, you could be, you could do anything, but you got to do something. So the uh, girls talked him into coming out for cheerleading. Actually, they talked two or three of the jocks into going out for cheerleading. So he went out for cheerleading and made it. And he became one of three or four or five of the first male cheer cheerleaders his high school had ever had. So that particular football season, his senior year, they started out sucking, you know. It don't it don't matter how you start out, it's how you end. But they began the season sucking. They were just garbage. And and it seemed like it was raining and games were getting rained out there playing in the mud. And Lee is with this group of pretty girls all the time and so I'm looking at some of his friends they're playing football and they're bleeding they're crying because they got their butt whipped they got mud and, and abrasions all over them and I look over there at Lee and he's in this really cool uniform and he's holding these real cute girls up in the air over his head and swinging them around and going on all these to these clinics with them so my son Lee is in a van full of cute girls um, all the time while his friends are 
uh, groveling over each other in a pile of sweat. So I thought that was pretty cool. But anyhow, he went on to Alabama, University of Alabama, and became an accountant. And uh, his fiance was in California, so he moved out to California for years and years. And But he's a macho guy, okay? He was a... Uh, he still is. He's a gym rat, big, huge muscles. I got pictures of him on South Beach. They went down there, him and his party boys from college, and he's an accountant. So they all went down there, and they're all muscle-bound on the beach. I got the abs and the ripped, you know, the pecs and all that going on, and big, huge college football fan, and uh, likes, you know, violent sports, like you know, like to party and go to the beach and drink and hang out with the girls and get in fights, you know. And and to this day, um, me and him, it's kind of like my oldest son, Lee, is one part of me. And my youngest son, Brian, is the other part. And it's like I'm bipolar or I'm Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, or I have a split personality to where I can hang around with my oldest son and we click on everything, then I can go hang out with my youngest son. It's like a completely different lifestyle. So Lee, you know, he's into sports and, you know, likes ice hockey and, uh, you know, he's a dip Copenhagen. He's cool, big in the uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Dave Matthews band. And he's just Lee, my son, my oldest son, Lee. Not only... Does he get and stay in really good shape? Most of the time, he's in really good shape. But uh, he had a real fancy sports car. I don't remember what kind it was. It was when he lived in California. Had a stereo system in it that amounted to the same as if you were driving a stereo around. Okay, And he always had, I think he called it a system. So when he was a teenager, he had this like this Honda Civic that was all souped up. Sorry, I'm having to grab my coffee. I don't. I hate it when it gets cold, so I have to pause to drink it because it's practically still boiling. But um, so he had this. I mean, you could hear my son coming home. We lived on a cul-de-sac at that time when he was in high school and college. I could hear him coming home like literally a thousand meters away because I could hear boom, 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 because he would be playing his music on his system. So. When he got his car in California, he had a system in there. And, he, you know, when I went out there, the very first time I went to San Francisco to all, go on my vacation, stayed with him for two weeks. A big time, he's a big-time accountant out there. They got Barry Bonds as a client, you know, the baseball player. And uh, so he picks me up at the airport. He wants to give me... Now, my son Lee knows every nook and cranny, every pub, restaurant, every overlook, every neighborhood, where every, he knows everything there is to know about the Bay Area, okay? So somehow he picks me up, and it's, it's lightly raining, and he wants to show me everything there is in the Bay Area, Haight-Ashbury, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, where he lives, all these cool places. He wants to show it to me. You know, he picks me up at the airport like at 8 o'clock at night, and he wants to show me everything like in an hour, right? So he is driving like a NASCAR, like like the Grand Prix. Oh, and if you've ever been to San Francisco, everybody's on a uh, scooter 
or walking in the street or jogging or cycling or rollerblading and the people just go right out in front of you no matter where you're at oblivious to traffic and he's doing like literally 80 and 90 miles an hour down these hills and stuff in the sports car and he's taking me to all these neat places you know twin peaks and and uh you know dad there's alcatraz out there and he, you know just showing me you know nor was it north beach where all the nightclubs and he's, you know little italy chinatown he's just excited and so we're going down the, the road and we're literally going so fast. It's like being in a in a, a James Bond movie. And I, I'm gripping, you know, my seat. My knuckles are white. And I'm thinking I'm going to be killed out here in a car wreck. They're not going to be able to identify my body because I'm going to be rolled up in this metal, unrecognizable. So we get pulled over by San Francisco police. And it was an Asian sergeant. I remember that because I used to be a policeman. I noticed things like that. And um, he walks up to Lee. You know, we had pulled into a bank parking lot. And uh, Lee and the officer says, Dude, dude, you're going warp speed, man. What's your problem? And Lee didn't really have an answer. And he had an expired tax. So he said, Dude, I'll be back. You just chill right here. So he goes back to his patrol car. And being the experienced police veteran that I am, I'm waiting for a backup to get there. <laughs> you know, when more cars pull up, you know you're going to jail. So um, thankfully, nobody else came by. And he got a handful of tickets. And we moved on and had a wonderful time. And now I know San Francisco. I've been out there so many times with him. That I'm, I'm, you know, I get turned around downtown, you know, but once you get me out like in Redwood City and San Carlos and Palo Alto, all those places, you know, Menlo Park, I'm good. But downtown, man, I don't know my left from my right. Never, never could figure it out. He, he can, but a beautiful city, but that's the kind of guy he is. He's into sports, music. Fast cars, hot women, you know, he's a macho man. So that's Lee, uh, that's just him. That's where he's at. He he does like to listen to, i tell you how smart he is. He listens to audio books, you know, books on audio. And somehow he can listen to a book on the audio and like the all's well on the western front or eastern front, whatever that book is, you know, it's got like a thousand pages. He can listen to a book like that while doing tax documents for rich people. Yeah. Um, his firm had uh, 20 billionaires that they did their taxes for. So, you know, my tax return you do, you know, you can do on your iPhone and you know, in 15 minutes, but but the ones he would do would all, uh, you know how the media's always want to see Trump's tax returns? How the world are they going to figure that stuff out? Because his tax returns probably would fit in a U-Haul truck. So that's what he would do all day is listen to audiobooks. He would do all these tax returns for billionaires, you know, and their tax returns were 
would, would take up an entire conference table when they would review them, you know, the hard copies. And he would do that all day while listening to the books. He'd call me and tell me about a book he's read. And he's working tax season, so he's pretty smart. But he is a jock kind of guy. So he knows every single thing about movies, Led Zeppelin, Elvis Presley, The Doors, anything about the University of Alabama football, um, the quarterback there back in my day. He dated his daughter for years. Um, his best friend was a linebacker at Alabama. And just he knows everything about college football, everything about Led Zeppelin, uh, everything about lifting weights, everything about any movie or ev- any movie star, Bruce Lee, Jack Nicholson, um, you name a movie star, he knows every single thing about that person. Every single thing about the band, the movie, the football, how many yards someone had, how much they weigh. He knows it all. Okay? All right, now my youngest son, Brian, and let me give him a quick, uh, what they call a shameless plug, but he's got a Catholic page on Instagram. It's called Catholicism. Don't ask me to spell it, but it's supposed to rhyme with alcoholism, which is getting to my episode. Alcoholism. Ism. Well, he is total opposite. Now, they're both good-looking kids. They both like girls. He's got a very pretty wife. He's got a beautiful little girl. Got a boy on the way. Now, Brian grew up the artiste. And he can do some drawings and paintings that will blow your mind. He's been hired by... Um, doctors to paint their kids' rooms like, you know, Knights of Arabia and cartoons, graffiti. He makes Catholic memes. He'll make like 20 a day, and you'll see them all over the Internet. I see his Catholic memes and videos everywhere. And he goes on interviews. He's on podcasts and shows and stuff. He's written two novels. Let me take that back. I think he's written three. Or he's on his third one. He wrote a novel called Stork. And it's about, um, you know, everything about COVID. He wrote about it like a year or two before COVID. All the stuff you see, the chaos, all the tumult, tumult, the crazy stuff in America, around the world. He wrote all that stuff before, uh, you know, the elections and all. And he's written a book called Stork. He's written a book called The Shriving Place. And he's got a book, I think it's called Sanatorium or Sanitarium or Sanctuary, something like that. He's working on it. And he's going to put these books on audio. You can buy them on Amazon right now. You can Google Stork, uh, Brian Patrick Edwards, and order it. But uh, he's got this Instagram page. He's got like 50,000 members. It's like a freaking cult. And he is in to Catholicism. That's the name of his Instagram page, Catholicism. And he's obsessed with everything that you can imagine to think about Catholicism. The church, the history, the sacraments, 
the saints, the scandals, the good, the bad, the ugly, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, God, Hebrew, the uh, numeric values of Hebrew letters, numeric values of Greek letters, the symbolism, uh, the mathematical part of the Bible. There's a lot of math in there that blends in with the spiritual stuff, the imagery, uh, if it's anything to do with the Catholic Church. Anything, political, scandal, Catholic celebrities, Catholic art, religious art, rosaries, not only that, but the different rites. You know, you got within the Catholic Church, everybody knows about the Roman Catholic Church. Well, he knows about the Greek Catholic Church, which is underneath the Roman Catholic Church. When I say that, it's a part of it underneath the Pope. He knows everything about the Pope. And he's just a walking catechism. He is a walking storybook. He's very, very good in art. He has self-taught himself to speak Russian. I'm not saying that he's, you know, could go work for the CIA and go to Moscow undercover, but I'll give him time. He, um, he's been, you know, taking Russian language for uh, for a while, and he's even getting his daughter, man, my little three-year-old granddaughter can say a few words and things in, in Russian, but he's very much into, he was in theater in high school. He's um, just a different kind of dude, but when I'm with my oldest son, all we talk about is Alabama and Auburn football and and all. Uh, we talk about NFL or hockey. We talk about, you know, Muhammad Ali and fighting, working out, fitness, music. We listen to music together. We talk. We went to the Corn concert together recently. He knows everything about every band member, and that's what we do. We used to ride around San Francisco and crank up the doors, crank up Led Zeppelin, crank up Jimi Hendrix and ride everywhere Grateful Dead, go see where they lived and hung out and all. And he's Catholic now. He is Catholic. He converted a few years ago. But, you know, he loves God. And he goes to Mass. And, you know, but he's not freaking obsessed with the Catholic Church like my youngest son is. So me and my oldest son, Lee, we can walk around and go to the gym and go to a football game, a ice hockey game or something like that. Um, That's where we're at. We'll go see a concert, um, maybe go see Metallica together, uh, go to a Titans game, Alabama game, Auburn game, LSU game. That's what we do. But Brian, me and Brian, uh, if me and him were in Boston or New York City, we'd be headed to all the cathedrals and we'd go inside the cathedral. And we have, we've been to cathedrals in big cities and just walk in there and sit down and just our jaws are hanging open for an hour looking at everything. Then we leave the cathedral and we're talking about it. And me and Brian talk about the Catholic Church and theology and Jesus, where the Bible come from, Pope Francis. Um, we talk about all the issues in the Catholic Church, the good ones, the bad ones, just that's what we are. And it's nothing down here. My oldest son, Lee, and myself, when I'm with him, 
and some of my nephews and my other brothers. I got one brother that passed away. There's a policeman. Got another brother that, uh, you know, we, we can all hang out at the uh, barbecue place and talk about football and and politics and, uh, you know, working out, go to the gym, and, you know, that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, that's normal redneck behavior. Hunting, fishing, NASCAR, football, Copenhagen, pickup trucks. Normal Alabama behavior to be a redneck, you know, to be a football fan, to work out, to work hard, to uh, dress a certain way, to wear a certain kind of boots, you know, that's the stereotype. You know, you live here in Alabama where I do. You got a badass pickup truck. Uh, you got some music thumping out of it. Maybe some Florida, Georgia, State Line, ACDC, whatever. Um, you know, you're a football fan. You go hunting, fishing. I live probably a 25-minute drive from Talladega, the uh, NASCAR Speedway. I live right next to the Barber's Motorsport Speedway, a road course, and I live, you know, I just live where everybody's redneck, you know, and I don't mean we're all riding on tractors and lynching minorities, that's not what I mean, we're not in the Klan or anything like that, we don't wear straw hats and overalls, I don't, I've never driven a tractor before, but we are rednecks, and Catholic is, man, you ain't going to meet no Catholics around here. But when I go to Mass downtown, I go to the cathedral, and it's a big old Catholic church. And there's another Catholic church that I was, uh, where I got my sacraments at, St. Mark. And it's a, you know, trendy, fancy, modern Catholic church. Very beautiful and a very wealthy, up-to-do you know, upscale neighborhood. I went to church there too. It's probably got the most membership or Prince of Peace, but you go to these Catholic churches in Birmingham and they're jam packed. And during communion, you're looking at these hundreds and hundreds of people uh, lining up to take communion. And you're like, where are these people at in real life? Because I don't know any Catholics. I mean, you put a rosary on your rearview mirror in Alabama. And everybody thinks you just got Mardi Gras beads up there. If you don't know what Mardi Gras beads are, never mind. But <clears throat> I'm obsessed with the Catholic Church. And I endeavor to live my life Catholic in a 97% Protestant culture. And what I mean by that is if you took 100 random rednecks, Anywhere, if you went to the Bass Pro Shop, if you went to the Walmart, if you went to the football game at Jordan Hare Stadium or Bryant Denny Stadium, if you went outside the Metallica concert downtown, or if you just went to the shopping mall and you had a microphone and TV camera and you just randomly asked people, Where do you go to church? And 99 out of 100 will say, they're Baptists, or they go to the Church of the Highlands, or their Church Christ, or their Assembly of God. But maybe one of those people will say they're Catholic, because 
we are in the vast minority here. And when you tell people around here that you're a Catholic, they look at you like you just said, you are a radical Islamic fundamentalist. You know, you might as well say, I'm in the Taliban. Or you might as well say, I'm Hindu or a Buddhist or a Mormon or something like that because a Catholic ain't cool around here. Because around here, everybody grew up hearing that the Catholic Church uh, is a pagan, false religion. Oh my gosh, we hear, you just, you wouldn't believe the things we hear. And uh, if you are living your Catholic faith, and when I say living your Catholic faith, I don't mean that you're Bible thumping at work. I don't mean that you got 400 bumper stickers on your car. I don't mean that you're on the corner preaching and that you're wearing Virgin Mary shirts everywhere you go. That's not what I mean. I mean that, you know, when you're at work and people say, what did you do Easter? And you say, I went to Mass. They don't ever hear that word. You might as well have said, I I went to the mosque. I went to the Klan meeting, Um, whatever. I went to an Antifa meeting. Uh, People just look at you cockeyed, and they're they're going to start saying, don't y'all worship Mary? Don't y'all worship the Pope? Uh, Don't y'all believe that you work your way to salvation? And, you know, so, or if you go to dinner, say you go down here to the um, steakhouse here, and you get your steak, it comes to your table, and they bring you your drink, then you say the blessing, which is not too unusual here. This is the Bible Belt. They think it's the Bible Belt. They got a half a Bible. But you sit down there, and if you're Catholic, you do the sign of the cross to bless your food, and you might as well got a red flag out at a bullfight and start waving it, because people will look at you. You'll get to You'll get the Darth Vader death stare. And someone might even come up to you and say, I noticed you did that Catholic sign, that sign language. Y'all are going to hell. You know, you just never know. Or, um, you know, like I said, having a rosary. Um, I pulled my rosary out at work once just to play with it. I don't know, I was bored. I was in the class and... Uh, I, I might as well pulled out an anaconda or a cobra. You know, the people start scooting away and, what is it? That's a rosary. Oh! So that's what I mean by living your Catholic faith. If you answer questions, what did you do this weekend? I watched a football game. I went to the gym. I went to mass. Well, when you said mass, you just opened a can of worms. Um, if you wear any Catholic jewelry. Um, oh, and your workplace. You know, people have their little cubicles, their little workplace decorated. You have a little thing of the Pope or anything Catholic. Um, that would get as much attention as a Playboy centerfold tacked up behind you. People's eyeballs are going to go, doing. So I'm upset with the Catholic faith. And I try not to go around probably... My neighbors do not know I'm Catholic because I don't go outside with a bullhorn and say, I'm Catholic. You know, it just, sometimes it comes up at work. You know, I've told people before that it's almost like I'm wearing a sign 
on my head that says, please ask me why in the hell I'm a Catholic or something. Or it just happens. You know, I'll be with a client and they'll start going off on the Catholic church or ask me where I go to church or, you know, people will come into my office and see my little Virgin Mary thing that's on my shelf and their eyeballs, you know, they start wigging out and twitch, their face starts twitching. And and, and, and it's real funny that, uh, you're, are you Catholic? You know, and, oh, it's just funny, you know. But I'm obsessed with it. I can't help but love everything about it. And it's like being a drug addict. It's like being an alcoholic, you know. Alcoholics, you know what they think about all the time? getting a drink, you know, partying, even when they're not fully developed alcoholics, but like just in the teenage years, wanting to drink, party, looking forward to the weekend so they can party. Well, then you get to be a full-blown alcoholic, professional drinker, and you're looking forward to that, to getting home and pouring yourself a big cold one or mixing one. That's what they used to say at EWTN. When my friends would get off, they would say, it's time to go home and mix one while I was stuck at work. So, um, you know, I used to like to drink. I used to love to drink bourbon and tequila. I don't drink anymore, but I used to, man, I just couldn't wait for that next swallow, you know, and I never did do shots. Never understood that about just, you know, pouring a shot and hitting a shot or those little bitty tumblers and pouring, you know, like a, what they call it, two fingers of bourbon or brandy. Uh, Just pour the whole damn bottle in a glass. You know, get a mason jar and fill it up with tequila and drink it like that, like it's iced tea. I just don't get the, the, uh, you know, tiptoeing around. Just drink it or drink it out of the bottle. Mixed drinks. What is a mixed drink? Why are you going to... I just didn't understand. I just drank it. But anyhow, I'm the same way with, you know, right now it's Friday. And Friday night, instead of going out clubbing, well, I'm too old for that and I'm married. But me and my youngest son and some of his friends are going to hear a lecture about the Shroud of Turin. And I'm excited about it. Just like I would be excited if me and my oldest son were going to hear uh, Metallica in Atlanta tonight. And then this tomorrow is Saturday, and there'll be college football, watching Auburn Tigers, the Tide, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee. Can't wait. I'm pumped. Me and my oldest son will get together and watch college football and argue about it and get excited and jump all over the house like wild men, right? But in the back of my mind, I'm even more excited about going to Mass Sunday morning. I just can't wait to get there. I like to, man, just just walking from my car to the cathedral and looking at its beauty. And it just always seems to be a blue, blue sky for Sunday morning Mass and you walk in that cathedral, and it just smells like Jesus. It smells 
like God. It smells like heaven. All the chrism oil, the the incense, it just smells so good. All the artwork, the sun is just blazing through the stained glass, hitting everything with all these beautiful colors. And oh man, it's just beautiful. Just beautiful. That's what I meant to talk about is why I'm a massaholic, a cathaholic. But that's just what I had on my heart. And I'll ramble on some more. And just remember that I am praying for you today. Also, my wife, Connie, uh, she's supposed to be on here with me once a week and release it on Thursday. But she has been so busy, 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 busy at work. I don't know when she'll have time to be on here. But God bless you. And I pray that God blesses you and your family and that you have a great night, weekend, wherever you are listening to this. God bless. Bye-bye.